Hey, David Judge here, and welcome to episode one, season one of The Hot Seat. In this first season of The Hot Seat, we're talking to industry influencers that have worked hands-on within the real estate industry. We find out where they think the industry is going, and for those that are still part of the industry, how they can continue to grow and support their businesses. Now, there are nine episodes in this first season, and each episode is released every second Tuesday, guaranteed. In this episode, Damien Barnett and myself are interviewing Curtis Pirotta from realestate.com.au around how he sees the industry changing and why he believes sales and property management should be more closely aligned and why property managers are the most important part of any business. Interesting, yeah? He also discusses why property managers have such a high turnover and what businesses can do about it and what he learned from attending over 15 real estate conferences in the last 12 months. Now, this is a fantastic jam-packed episode, and you know what? I'm going to stop talking so you can have a listen. Okay, ready? Roll it. Hello and welcome, David here from the hot seat, and I have... Damien from Affordable Staff. And we have... Curtis Proto from realestate.com.au. Pirotta? Pirotta? Yeah. Where does it come from? It's Maltese, but it's actually Italian. Ah. So, my family heritage is Maltese, but yes. the name is uh, Italian. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Pirotta, they say. Pirotta. I can't say it. Yeah. It's like Polish. My wife's Polish. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can say her, her last name is spelled P-R-Z-Y-G-O-D-A, her maiden name, which is pronunciated Shigoda. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, um, <laughs> and yeah. So anyway, anyway, getting into it. Um, so we're here today having a talk to Curtis and um, getting a bit of an understanding from Curtis's perspective, how, where the industry is now, where mm-hmm. it's going mm-hmm. and where it's been yep. previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and Curtis has been great enough to put up his time. So thank you very much. Anytime. Okay. Excellent. So. Let's talk about, first of all, tell us about yourself. Yeah. So my role at realestate.com.au is to look after property management. Uh, So particularly for Queensland, um, our team is a new team. So we've been around inside our business for the last two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, Our business has always been very focused on three things, which was uh, listing products, uh, moving products, yes, like uh, moving properties, and then growing rent rolls. But the growing rent rolls bit was always, I think, uh, on the back burner. And so mm. our team is dedicated to sort of helping our customers uh, do that and supporting our team to be able to fuel those conversations with their customers as well. Okay. How long have you been a part of the business for? So nearly three years with REA. Uh, before that, I was in real estate. Um, so I was in sales. Yes. So it's interesting. Sales. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. Sorry. I'm one of those. <laughs> no. Which one, which one do you prefer? So well, well the thing is, I think property management has the most room to grow and the most opportunity. Yes. Um, and also, I don't think property management needs Curtis from realestate.com.au to be another property management person. Mm. I think we need to evolve and change our skills and upskill to have more crucial conversations with landlords just like salespeople do. Yes. And so that's where I think, I believe. Are you seeing that change? Because I know, yeah. like in the marketplace. We've had this conversation yeah. several yeah. times now. Yeah, in the marketplace, yeah. uh, the whole spectrum of what it is to be a property manager starting to transform from being an administrator to being a sales to being a salesperson in customer service rep. I call the mindset stockbroker mindset. And Mm. so I think the opportunity is for property management businesses to have a focus on helping customers grow their investment. It's always been about the property and the day to day. And so when you look at businesses like yours, Mm. where you're able to say, look, I'll take some of this work away from you and get that done so that you can have more powerful conversations with your customers, get belly to belly, um, build relationships, have the conversations that it needed to be had. That changes the relationship. Yes. And obviously, uh, you know, in our outsourcing business, if, if clients do that, then we grow as yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, but from a, and we've, we've watched it or I've watched it happen in multiple industries because I've been um, self-employed on and off uh, since 1998 uh, and um, I was in the hospitality industry for a number of years, and the 
when I first got in there, one of the biggest things I did was avoid all the people. I don't know why. Mm. But uh, we had a business coach that came in and he sat down. He's like, you need to be there with people and you need to be able to delegate whatever it is you're mm. doing mm. so you can be there in front of people and you can you know, develop those relationships. And that's where the business really took a, a big change or absolutely I, th- I started in hospitality as well i think it's uh probably a no, great starting no. point we were the front or the back yeah, yeah. Uh, i was front, front. okay yeah. yeah so you didn't sharpen knowledge no no, no, we, had, no. we had a conversation with michael furlong and asked asking him uh, around uh, whether or not he'd ever thrown a knife at anybody or had a knife thrown at him so okay. another thing. yeah well very different but i know like ultimately hospitality majority of it and yes. real estate it's people Mm. So your customers, our customers will always be people, human beings, and human beings, some of them can be really, really demanding. And some of them need some guidance with expectations. And I was in a a franchise group and we were focused on um, changing customer service levels. And it meant that people had to spend more time with customers and Mm. get to the, I suppose, the crux of providing good service because that we knew that we're in the coffee business. We knew that people could buy coffee anywhere. Yes. And in real estate, people can get real estate services everywhere. Mm. But they keep coming back to me or us because we have a good relationship or what we called an emotional connection. Yes. And so we do little things like remember people's names and remember people's coffee because we'd be on a strip where there would be many, many coffee shops, mm. just like in real estate. Yep. Yes. But people continue to do business with us because of the relationships that we had and the little things. Mm, mm. And how did you get into the industry? Um, good question. I went to a different industry in between, which was sort of training and employment. Yes. And then I always had this sort of passion for property. And I also, I suppose, got sucked into the belief that I could be really, really rich really, really quickly. <laughs> yes. Uh, that didn't work. So at the time in real estate, I had a beard. So I always say that I don't think people trusted me to sell their houses because of my young yeah. Maltese beard. Yeah. Um, and do you think do you think that's the case in, in the real estate industry? That people didn't trust me because of that? No, just if you have a beard. You <laughs> no, no. I, <laughs> I've just come back from Africa and yes. only just the other day I shaved my beard to get back into work mode. But yes. I, I reckon I could have kept it and it would be fine. I think people <laughs> have an expectation or they don't care about beards anymore. Yeah. I think, but yeah, I, well, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, got distracted. Yeah, so um, so how you got into the industry? Yeah, so I started, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, I got into the industry because I yeah, had this passion and I wanted to make some money, and so I gave it a crack. It didn't work out the best, but I don't regret a thing because mm. I think I would always have this idea that I wanted to give it a crack, and realistically, without that opportunity, I probably wouldn't be here, yes. and so I think that things always happen for a reason. So looking back on it now, was there anything you'd do differently? Um, maybe one thing, and that would be, I went into real estate sales with lots of debt, and that's like okay. the worst situation ever. Hey, you fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah, that works until a little while. I always say, <laughs> I felt like the um, the chocolate machine, you know how you go to those, they've got those chocolate um, uh, vending machines, and the claw goes down, brings yes. the chocolates yeah. up, and drops them on that conveyor belt, and then eventually the chocolates will be pushed over the edge. The edge. Yeah. I always felt like that. And mm. just the, ne- the chocolates never came into my bank account, unfortunately. <laughs> I worked with a guy a number of years ago in, a, in a, again, a totally different industry, self-employed. And um, he started up, he didn't have a, he didn't have any cash flow going. The first thing he did is went out and bought himself a $40,000 convertible. <laughs> and I, I looked at him and I was like, what are you doing? And he said, well, if I do this, it's actually going to force me to perform and force me to get clients and get cash flow. And whilst it's a good theory, I, I mean, I wouldn't trust him from an investment perspective because he ended up going broke. Mm. <laughs> so It's tough. And, and, and that's my story. And yes. I think, unfortunately, it's probably not the only, like, I'm not alone, which is sad because there's obviously high people coming in and lots of people going high, out. High turnover mm. industry. Yeah. yeah. But the people that are great, um, 
just stick to it and if they can and they just do what needs to be done. I think I remember Mark McLeod said at a conference I went to when I was year one in real estate, he said, you don't have to be smart to be a real estate agent. Yes. You don't have to be the most amazing negotiator or salesperson. You just need to do the tasks. Mm. And so just follow the tasks, call people and results will come. Yes. Yeah. And I was a bit lazy and I didn't want to follow the tasks. So We're noticing in the sales industry actually because we, we've, We've grown a lot within the property management side, and mm. we're starting to grow as well on the sales side, and task-driven. And uh, for a lot of agents, they're outsourcing just tasks, tasks, yep. tasks, 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 yep. and making sure the tasks are done with consistency yep. so that, again, they can be face-to-face. Well, exactly. And routine will set you free. And so if you're able to just make sure that these things keep happening just like they're automated, set and forget, mm. then that means that you have no excuse as a sales agent other than to go and connect with people. Yes. Because realistically, the winner in real estate sales is the person that connects or knows the most amount of people. That's yes. it. So, yeah. Mm. So um, let's move to the industry itself and, the, and the, the, let's call it the, the challenges you see yeah. in the industry right now. So I'm lucky because I get this helicopter view of property management across Australia. Um, so in my role, we get to see really, really big businesses and um, our partners there are, uh, and what they're doing and, and what systems and tools and partners they use. Mm-hmm. And then we also get to sort of see the smaller businesses that are at growth phase. I always say when I meet a business owner or a customer, are you at, uh, where are you at? Are you at growth phase or are you at sort of stabilize or are you selling? You're one mm-hmm. of those yeah. three. And so that can give me a gauge of what their goals are for the year and what they're looking to do. And we're seeing that across the board, um, property management is now becoming a really important part of a real estate business, mm. which is interesting because I always think, and coming from sales, you asked me before, Damien, what's, what do I like better? I like property management because it property managers just need some love and attention. Yes. Uh, and they also need to be reminded that their job is super important, the most important in a real estate business because they're keeping the lights on, by the way. Yes. Yep. Um, and also they need to change their mindset in regards to how they view themselves. And so they should be stockbrokers. They should be having relationships with investors just like um, a stockbroker does, and they want to help those people grow and maintain their investment. One of the things I've found, and I don't know if you find Mm. the same, is the language is different Mm. between sales and property management. And property managers are keeping the lights on. Property managers are running, I suppose, the asset that's going to help the retirement of the business owner. But the sales guys are the Mm. quick cash that Mm. keeps coming in the door month after month after month. But there's like a trans, tra- translation issue mm. that seems to happen inside offices between sales. It's like they both speak two different languages. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I always make this joke or analogy that there's like this massive wall in a business um, or sometimes there is a cupboard at the back which is the property management team and then everything else is the sales team. Yeah. And so the successful businesses that I see are business owners that own that and say, look, realistically, everyone's together. Because everyone in my business, whether they're in sales or property management, should be growth focused, which is interesting because you say that to some property managers and they say, oh, no, I'm, I'm really system focused and yes. that's important, but everyone should be growth focused. So when you have everyone on the same page, then that enables you to grow and have more cross business collaboration and you can mm. all go in the same direction. Even from a growth perspective, what's, what was, we read somewhere the average percentage it's an industry standard average percentage of properties that property managers lose or have drop off each year. Ten percent. Ten percent. Ten percent. And the average property manager only stays in a business for nine months. Yep. It's funny. It's not funny actually. This is maybe a bit personal, not really, but I have just come back from holidays and I was updating my contact list. With I do lots of events here in Queensland, yep. and I was looking through the contact list and um, I was going through and social media kept me across what was happening, yep. and I was like, oh, I have to update that email address, or they're not in the industry anymore, or. I have to update them. They've moved over there. And that's in a month. 
Mm. And so people move and that's normal and maybe it's the time of year and sometimes people just get tired. Um, but I think a, a good business, if we're talking about what, does, what do I see and what's a good business, a good business is um, a consistent team. Because from a consistent, like that's how you would instantly gauge performance and how the business is tracking. Because yes. if you're on track, you've got a good team that's sticking around. And people don't stay with brands, they stay with leaders or mm-hmm. they also leave because of leaders. And so then that tells me there's a lack of leadership potentially. Yes. Um, and then it also highlights systems. And so you can instantly see, I think, I give it a crack anyway, how on track or off track a business is based on those three, uh, those three things. And I noticed this is going off track, but I noticed, I think it was last year, we attended a number of different conferences and you were at pretty much every conference. It was, yeah, <laughs> too many. Uh, so about 15 I went to and yes. I came back at the end of the year, which is why I've started these events. They're called the growth series. We do them every two months because I was thinking this is so frustrating because everyone keeps going to events and conferences and they keep hearing the same thing. Yes. Provide good service. And that's the message really. Like there's many other things obviously with no disrespect, but certainly the message is the same. And it told me that some people are just looking for a silver bullet Mm. and some people love the hunger to learn, which is great. But ultimately, the only way you're going to succeed is if you actually implement something. Yes. So, we did a survey and this is how we ended up with these events because I was so sick of seeing this the same events but no one implementing everything and the, you'd hear this great idea, the same idea, five mm. times. And everyone would say, oh, that's a really good idea. I'm like, guys, we heard it like three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just implement it? And so, I think the difference is when you see customers that implement things and realize that is actually a really great idea, I'm going to do something about it right now. Yes. That's when you have success in the industry. Yeah. Mm. And you're right, it, it really, a lot of it comes down to the similar core principles, except that someone will call it this widget, and the next week someone will call it that widget, and each time people are like, oh, look at it, it's amazing. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah, it can be frustrating, but it's exciting as well. Mm. So, I suppose, what's the biggest challenge you're saying? Thank you for bringing me back on track, Damien. Uh, the biggest challenge right <laughs> now is, no, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> I'll use an analogy from Africa. It's being the ostrich and sticking your head in the sand. Um, And that's not just in property or real estate, it's in every industry. Probably the biggest industry it's affecting um, would be uh, like service industries like accounting. My father-in-law is an accountant um, and has his own business and is adapting, but he's sort of at the the sunset of of his uh, career. Mm. Um, But he tells me, you know, the accounting industry is easily disrupted because there are certain things that don't need to be done by a professional anymore um, because a lot of the work is task-based. Yes. Um, and if you think about H&R Block or those tax professionals, it's tax time now, okay. a lot of people are going to go to one of those places in a shopping centre, not have a relationship, but get their service done and then move on. And to automating as well. So exactly. Yep. To- yep. And so it just changes the landscape. And so the challenge is for real estate businesses that think we can always do things the way we've always done them and we will be fine. Mm. That scares me because we will see a, a tidal wave of change and property management is probably the most easily disrupted because when you buy a house, you, it's a big journey and yes. it's a big investment. And I'm not saying investment properties aren't a big investment, but the relationship that you have with a property manager mm. is a little bit more fluid than it would be with a sales agent. Yes. And right now there's lots of different players that make it really easy for someone that a quite smart investor yeah. um, that thinks, well, I can invest less and I'll do a bit more of my time. So I'll give a bit of my time to do a bit more, but pay less. And for me, that works out to be a better 
scenario than the traditional property management business. Yep. Mm. And so my, what scares me the most is businesses that think I can just keep doing what I've done. It's like insanity, really. Yes. And be fine. Have you, do you think, I've, I've got an opinion, but do you think this tidal wave has started? Absolutely. Um, it's mm. been happening for the last few years and it's, it's slowly building up. And I think it's a great thing because it's actually forcing the, the, the motion, the current is forcing people to make decisions. And sometimes people need that push. And you were saying, yep. you know, you've seen some, um, some, some trends as well. Um, and I think it's a good thing. Mm. But the fear is, do we focus on, it's like the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule. Yes. And so this growth series is back to that really quickly is it's actually targeted at the top 20%. Because just like the tail of something, the rest will follow. And our industry, a lot of our industry follow. Mm. And so we've got lots and lots of leaders in our industry that are influencers and that are making these changes. And they would be lots of your clients as well. Because they're like, okay, well, we need to sort of think, well, we need to change that. Yes. Um, we need to support our team to make sure they stay. We need to create really good systems. And we need to take some work off them and get that done elsewhere. Because if we don't, we're going to drown mm. um, and then the rest of the industry will follow and unfortunately I think some of them will fall off or drown or whatever yep. the analogy is um, and it's scary so that's yes. the challenge people that see the wave or the change that's happening and not doing anything mm. regardless so, of your market as well sorry so what would you specifically see over the next two years let's say as, as the um, the biggest disruptors mm. so I do a presentation uh, called FOMO and it's about uh, three elements and the, the one element is landlord expectations changing um, all of our expectations have changed a lot as consumers thanks to technology like Uber and Airbnb. Um, no longer are we waiting 45 minutes or sending our brother or our child out the front to wait for a cab for 45 minutes. Yes. We now generally are waiting two to five minutes and we mm. can see the driver coming. That's instantly changed our expectations of speed. Yes. Um, 24 hours to get response time. Back in uh, business maybe 10 years ago, our expectation was 24 hours is great. We're running around with blackberries that were the worst but they were the start of yeah. smartphones. Mm. Now, one hour, half a day is the expectation of getting back to someone. And if I can't reach you, um, I feel neglected. Yes. Um, and so property management isn't the same because landlords or investors and our customers are also consumers. And so they're seeing technology, mm. um, changing the way expect, uh, people who's, who have expectations. Disruptors will just find a way to make it really easy for landlords to do it themselves yes. uh, the census told us that 35 percent of landlords in australia are doing it themselves which is really scary it's grown just uh, by over five percent in the last since the last census mm. it's grown since that and so what it tells us is that landlords now have an expectation of higher service but also they're not seeing value in the current offering hence the reason why they're going to the yep. manage it themselves yeah and so there's a, some great businesses that i saw just before i went on holidays that have got a tiered service model and so the disruptors that you that we're talking about are, um, you know, uh, internet players like Cubby, uh, Yabonza from the UK. We're talking about Airbnb as well. Their strategies to have a permanent rental business mm. by the end of uh, nineteen. Yes. And so it means that we need to keep an eye on them, and we need to, as an industry, stick together and say, okay, well, this is happening. I can't always charge eight percent or ten percent. I now need to sort of say, well, our customers, my customers, want something different. Mm. I need to adjust my business model. I think mm. we were talking to Malcolm, and he said he, he saw the way forward for a lot Malcolm of property. Riley. Yeah, Ralph yeah. Riley. Um, property management businesses go, you know what, I know there's 35% of self-managed landlords, but they may need the specialist help when it comes to mm -hmm. negotiating them. Yep. A lease renewal. Yep. Or going to tribunal or, you know, and here's our package for that, Mr. 
self-managed landlord. Exactly. And ultimately, there will always be people uh, that don't see value in their, the tight ass, as I call them. Hopefully, you can say ass on this. Um, <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've been called worse. <laughs> yes. And so, you can't win them all. Yep. But 35% is a lot. Yep. Certainly, yes. when there's 8 million people in Australia that rent, Yes. that also are investors. Rent vesting is a thing. Mortgage Choice did a survey in 16 to yep. sort of uh, say where a first home buyer is buying. And they're telling us that rent vesting is a massive thing because I live in inner city Brisbane, but I love the lifestyle, the cafes and the bars, love the regatta, mm. but and maybe can't afford to buy in Brisbane or inner city. And so I might buy out further out and rent that out. And so it also begs to the question, how do we treat tenants and is it different? Oh, don't get me started. Right? <laughs> and so do you remember... You've been in the industry for a while. Yeah. Years ago, people would say, are you a tenant or a landlord? And then instantly you'd be treated differently if you're a tenant because yes. you're not that important. You're actually just going to harass me. But that tenant now is a landlord. And I'm sure you have the same conversations when you contact offices. There's offices that I've contacted around Australia. Mm. Okay. So which property you're ringing back, are you a tenant or a landlord? doesn't matter. Yes. I'm a client. Yep. Or you know, I'm somebody. Yep. Yeah. I just want to talk to somebody. Especially around the if you if you move it to another level and you look at disruptors reviews, mm. reviews have really disrupted the industry. They have been, I think, for a number of years. But now, like we have been working with a client who we've successfully managed to have a number of false reviews removed. But the opportunity for a, for a person to put a review up about your business now is just it's so simple. And it's difficult to get it removed mm. unless you actually contact them. Yeah. I had a client a number of years ago just after Google released the ability for people to leave reviews and they put a scathing, a tenant put a scathing review down um, because the there was an issue on a weekend where, the, where a, a bedroom was flooded as a result of a faulty aircon unit and... Um, it went pear-shaped and left a bad review. The The owner of the property said, I'm not going to get someone out there on the weekend, but the property manager, the property management business were the ones who wore the brunt mm. <laughs> of the mm. um, of it. So I think reviews as well. Huge. I love I love the topic of reviews because for me, I see it as opportunity. Yes. Um, I recently had an experience and in Australia, I think, and we can say this because we're from hospitality, our service is really average. Yes. And all you want is good service, particularly in restaurants. And when you're paying $50 for a steak, yes. you want some really good service. And mm. good service isn't roll, roll out the red carpet. It's attentive, uh, attentiveness. Attentiveness. Do you need anything? Would you, I see that your glass is nearly empty. Would you like another glass? Mm. Yes, please. Yeah. You don't have any water. I see that we've ordered something. Um, how's everything? Just little things. And so I had this terrible experience. I felt annoyed. And so instantly in the restaurant, I was writing a review on Google. And to this day, this has been about a month and a half, two months, I've not heard anything back. Mm. And that is a classic example of a ostrich. Businesses that put their head in the sand and think nothing's happening and think no one's reading those reviews. Yes. Well, absolutely they are because the benefit is like people are going to say bad things about you, particularly tenants, particularly in property management. But if you see the business or the business owner respond and say, hey, thanks so much for giving us the opportunity to respond to this feedback. Um, reach out to me because this is really unusual for us. This experience sounds really unique and I'd love the opportunity to resolve it for you. Here are my mm. contact details. Please, I offer you the invitation to reach out and so that we can resolve it. If you see that on a negative review as a consumer, you're like, okay, cool. They're all over it. That's normal. That person sounds like they're being a bitch, um, whatever. Yeah. We have people, we have clients that are contact now, contacting us or, or prospective clients that contact us. They contact us because they've seen our reviews. Yep. So They're equally as powerful, whether they're positive or negative. I think, um, 
but also the response has to be on the, point. The response. I think that's why if it's a negative review, yep. the response yep. is what you know brings it around or turns it around. Mm-hmm. You see it on Facebook with uh, <coughs> Telstra uh, as an example, name dropping all these bad businesses. So, <laughs> well, hopefully, no one's listening from Telstra. Um, but you know, people have a bad experience of Telstra. Sometimes they'll write on Facebook, and then you'll see Telstra respond, and you think you think, okay, that's awesome, cool. They're all over it, sorted out. Because you know what, you're also probably just. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Yes. <laughs> something. So anyway. So how can people different? How do you think real estate yep. business, property management mm. focused businesses, yep. can differentiate themselves? Yeah, it's in, very in this environment yep. that we're living in now. If I'm a real estate business owner right now and I'm thinking, oh, what is he talking about with this tidal wave? I would be just copying the great people. Yeah. We don't need to reinvent the wheel, and I'm advocating for cut and copy. Yeah. Because that's number one. How you're going to maintain or stay above water so a little thing would be like well what are the big players doing uh, because in australia right now some of the biggest property management businesses are also the best property management businesses years ago just because you were bigger didn't mean you were better mm. now that has changed and so you figure out what are the best doing and also you'll find that the best real estate agents in australia who are also the biggest are also very very open and sharing information yeah. with you um, about how you can have a successful business because yes. they're leaders and they want to protect the industry from, they want to bring the 35% of private landlords back into the industry. Mm. And so I'd reach out to some of the best agents, maybe not in my market or a different market, and say, hey, what are you doing? I'd love to take you out for coffee. I just want to pick your brain about what you've done at this particular um, section of your business because I'm having trouble. And that's something we saw, didn't we? Like in the Philippines. So we we, we took about 15 clients over to the Philippines uh, a couple of months ago, and they were all sitting down and talking and different from different regions. But there are also competitors there. Yeah, yeah, there were competitors there as well, but they definitely use this as an opportunity. And I I guess the the way I looked at it when we had the the different clients saying, hey, we're going to invest the time to come over and meet our team, that was almost like an innovator stage with the fact Mm -hmm. that they were reaching out. So you, it's, a, it's a natural next step for them because of the nature of, like what you're saying, nature of how they do business to, to tap into any resource they can get to see how they can improve what they're doing. 100%. And practical things would be uh, sending out surveys to customers, yes. um, whether people, like they use the MPS, there's different models, but saying to your customers after an interaction, hey, how was our service? Can we improve on anything? Now, that's ballsy. Because if you're asking for feedback, you have to be prepared for the truth. Yes. But that's the best way to say, how can we improve in our business? And by the way, our customers are tenants and they're also landlords. Mm. And what a really great way to instantly improve your business. Yes. Um, a big tip that I just want to share is 75 things. 75 things is this catchphrase slash idea that I just want to share with everyone in this industry because if I said to you David what were you what, why, what's your point of difference why should I do business with you mm. and you said well Curtis when you do business with me today and you sign up today in the next 24 hours or 48 hours we're going to do in our business 75 things to ensure that we're finding you the best tenant in the fastest time mm. and so 75 things it could be 50 things it could be 100 things but when you have a compelling list of services that you provide it doesn't now it doesn't matter what you're charging anymore because you're demonstrating value yes it's like Uber and cabs. Uber provides us 10 things that are their value proposition and they're cheaper as an extra. Mm. Cabs, they've got two points of difference. It's one, you can use their dodgy app to book them online and you can hail a cab. That's the point of difference of a cab because yes. they didn't change. Okay. Uber provides us all this value and so I'm prepared to pay whatever. It's just that right now they're cheaper. If they are more expensive in the future, I'll continue to do business with Uber because of all the value they provide me and mm. the same is in real estate. Okay, fantastic. Well, we're pretty much wrapping up now. Cool. Um, 
What do you have going on in your business right now you'd like to talk about? It's a good question. Um, so our three main things that we're working on right now at realestate.com.au with property management would be making the journey for tenants much easier than it is. Yes. Um, we know that tenants just want an easy process to find a rental property and it's quite a minefield. So we're looking at how can we make that experience better for tenants, consumers, because we want to make sure that more people use realestate.com.au to find their rental property. We know that renters and um, we own flatmates.com.au as well. We know that that's the very start of the property journey. And so if we can make sure that we're continuing to provide outstanding service and an experience for uh, consumers at that point, they'll continue to do business with us and in turn our customers. Mm. The middle thing is about OneForm. OneForm is a cool product that I think has a bit of a bad rep. We love it. OneForm is a really great way of making it easy for tenants to apply for properties. When was the last time you booked an airfare with an airline by calling them? Um, people don't want to go through the process over the phone. Yes. When you've got a good ad that's providing them really good information, your calls will stop or slow down hmm. because you've been really transparent. You'll meet that tenant at the inspection. And so one form we're looking at reimagining what that does and how we can make it even better for our customers, property managers, to um, perform certain tasks better than they are doing at the moment. Yep. And how do we reimagine the future of that? And so that's something. And the third thing is how can we find landlords for our customers better? How can we generate leads more for our customers um, and, and leverage off the data that we have about consumers who are landlords and refer them to our customers to help cast that net over and bring the 35% back into the industry. Hmm, fantastic. Curtis, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate everything that you're doing within the industry and um, including the some of the things around the training sessions, etc. that you're doing, which are, it's just across there over in the room. And uh, no doubt we'll talk again to you very, very soon. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you very much, guys. Thank talk you. Talk soon.